that's uh, that's an old song, and I uh, love that uh, love that song. I was just thinking, Brother Kim, you gave testimony. Your father, uh, he was an independent Baptist pastor in South Korea. Uh, missionaries came to South Korea, shared the gospel. Your father uh, got saved and uh, and became a pastor. And uh, very similar, brother brother Ariel, uh, your father was an independent Baptist pastor in the Philippines. Missionaries went to the Philippines and shared the gospel there. And isn't that a blessing just to see the the the, the fruits here that God has has uh, has blessed here uh, because uh, churches sent missionaries and missionaries shared the word and churches were planted and and uh, the music in in South Korea I've heard your father's church and beautiful music and likewise uh, the same in the Philippines and uh, it's it's neat to see like-minded churches uh, planted all over the world uh, let's turn our Bibles to the book of uh, of Romans uh, chapter number eleven this evening Romans chapter eleven. And uh, uh, Brother Andrew, can I get a huge favor? Would you go back to the sound booth and grab a, a water uh, for me? I just realized uh, I took the water out of here today, so I don't have water uh, here uh, tonight. I'm going to need, need some here. Hebrews, or excuse me, I keep saying Hebrews. Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. If you find your place and you're able to stand with us here tonight, Romans chapter 11. I want to go to verse number 1 and uh, start this. Uh, Actually, Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11 uh, deal with the nation of Israel, the ethnic uh, people of Israel. We're going to see that in just a moment. And we come here to Romans chapter 11, and uh, the Lord is asking a question. I say then, hath God cast away his people? Is God finished with Israel? Hath God cast away his people? And he answers the question, God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Watch ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Paul speaking of his day. As he goes on through this chapter, if you will go with me to verse number 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, Lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. So the question is asked, hath God cast away his people? He says, God forbid, and in Paul's day, there's a remnant saved according to the election of grace, uh, he expresses. But there's coming a day, as we move on to the end of the chapter, he says, when all Israel shall be saved. And so God is still dealing with this nation. And we're going to see in this scripture uh, here tonight uh, just some of the principles. And then we're going to go through, uh, through other scripture here tonight. And uh, to me, it's just a blessing uh, to see that, that God created this world knows all things, and that God centuries ago could look forward to 
our day. And we're living in the midst of fulfillment of Bible prophecy. We live in one of the most exciting days in all the history of the world in which to live. And you're witnessing before your very eyes God's hand upon this nation and uh, what God is doing as we preach over the next few weeks, uh, just seeing some of the things that are happening in our modern day. But uh, tonight we're going to uh, just examine God's plan for this nation. You go with me to the Lord tonight and uh, let's ask his help. Um, Father, I thank you that uh, you really are so good to us. And Lord, thank you for the depths of the love uh, that, uh, that were revealed at the cross. Uh, we've been challenged in song here tonight. Just been good to be in church tonight. Good to sing these songs. And uh, good, Lord, to look forward to what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And Lord, just uh, thank you for these wonderful dear promises that you give to us and that you never break a promise. Lord, I, I pray tonight as we preach on this particular topic, uh, Lord, maybe this can be an encouragement to somebody just to grasp on to a promise tonight and to grasp on to your word, to realize that your word will never fail and that it will always come to pass as you have said. And Lord, we pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated here this evening. <clears throat> as, you, as you well know, uh, we're living in a day when Israel is constantly in the news, um, here, here constantly, uh, just statements made of Israel. Uh, there's the war uh, taking place uh, right now in Israel. There are, there are constant threats. And if you follow, I really think that we're seeing an alliance of nations that's uh, very similar to Ezekiel 38 and 39 uh, with Iran and, and Iraq and, uh, and uh, the things that we're seeing with Syria and Russia and Ukraine. And I, I believe all of the pieces are, are being put together. Heard it uh, put one time, it's, it's kind of like this. Uh, that there is a stage, and that stage is being set. And right now, all of the different pieces are being put into place for the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And right now, we're living at a time when the curtains are closed. All the actors are on stage, and they're being put into place. And then will come the rapture, and those curtains will open all the actors on stage and ready uh, to uh, portray uh, what God has prophesied of them. And we're living in that exciting time when I think all of these pieces are fitting together. Uh, one of the things that I am noticing is a rise in anti-Semitism. We dealt with this last week. I uh, read an interesting news uh, article just recently, and I thought this was amazing. It, it was blaming Israel for the horrific October 7, 2023 attack that killed well over 1,000 uh, Jews in the land, and uh, there were babies, uh, uh, women, children, elderly, brutally killed, uh, uh, just some uh, atrocious uh, stories of babies literally being cooked in ovens and uh, heads being, uh, uh, elderly being beheaded and women beheaded and, and sexually abused and all sorts of, of things that took place. And, uh, and yet the article said nothing of all of the atrocities that had happened and uh, the article simply stated that Israel provoked the attacks, that it was their fault. And I thought that was just an interesting take. And I'm seeing more and more of this type of spirit and attitude taking place. Uh, somebody uh, wisely uh, reported recently this thought, uh, what if Hamas did nothing, there would be peace. Uh, what if Israel did nothing, they would brutally be murdered. And as you look, that's a pretty accurate statement as to the events. Now, the, the Bible did tell us, and we saw this last week, that Israel would become a byword to all of the nations. They would be hated of all people. And uh, we understand this coming from a lost world, and we gave several thoughts last week and 
uh, just kind of looked back to the fact that uh, Jesus had predicted that their house would be left unto them desolate, that Jesus came unto his own, his own received him not, and uh, they had the opportunity, and he looked out over Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, how often I've longed to gather you under my uh, feathers as a hen does her chicks, and you would not. And, and he says that their house would be left unto them desolate. And so they're experiencing literally A.D. 70, uh, as the Roman Empire came upon them, uh, the temple was cast down at that point, and literally the Jews were scattered uh, to the four winds of the, of the earth and the fulfillment of, of Bible prophecy. But the fact is God is not finished with Israel. And we're living in a day, 1948, Israel once again became a nation. That was a miracle in itself. And uh, all over the world, now Jews are making their way back to that homeland. Now here is the concern that I have, and it's a concern with uh, a confusion within within many churches. It's important to ask, is God finished with Israel? Uh, Paul asked this question, have God cast away his people? A lot of churches today are beginning to teach that God is finished with Israel, uh, that God will have nothing else to do with them, uh, that God has abandoned Israel. Uh, Paul asked this question, and uh, Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11 deal with that very question. And Paul answered that question. He says there's a remnant uh, in his day saved according to grace, uh, but in the end all of Israel will be saved, and that's yet a future event. And I want to take three thoughts tonight as we look at this question, have God cast away his people? And first of all, we need to identify God's people. Who is he talking about? Have God cast away his people? Who is Paul speaking of? Who is Israel? Who are his people in this passage of Scripture? And I'm going to show you the context. It's very clear that God is speaking in this section of Scripture of ethnic Israel. I want you to go back in this context. Look with me in Romans chapter 9 and verses 3 through 5. Romans chapter 9 is Paul shares his heart for his nation and for his people. In Romans chapter 9 verse number 3, Paul said, For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren. Notice this, for my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, the glory, the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. Whose are the fathers, and of whom is concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all, God bless forever, amen. Now very clearly, uh, Paul is speaking of Jews in distinction to the Gentiles. He's speaking of his kinsmen, he's speaking of his nation. And this is the context of this passage. You go to chapter 9 and verse number 30. Uh, what shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. And again, you'll see the clear distinction between the Jew and the Gentile. Uh, we go forward to chapter 10 and verse number 1. And Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ 
is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And again, it's a clear distinction that Paul is making of Israel, of his kinsmen, of his people. In Romans chapter 11, verse number 1 that we read in the beginning, I say then, hath God cast away his people? And in this context, it's the same context. He's talking about his kinsmen. He's talking about his people. He said, God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. And we go on to verse number 25, for I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in, and so all Israel shall be saved. Uh, again, Paul is speaking here clearly of ethnic Israel. Now, I make this distinction because Paul, in this context, is not speaking about the church in chapters 9 through 11. And there's a teaching today, I've referred to it in the past, it's called replacement theology. It's permeating many churches today and many teachings. It teaches this, that God is finished with Israel, that all of God's promises to Israel have transferred to the church. It teaches that since Israel rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, she has forever forfeited her place as God's people, and thus God's promises to Israel have transferred from Israel to the church. That's replacement theology. I do not ascribe to that. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. It teaches that the Old Testament promises to Israel are now spiritualized and now they're transferred to the church. In other words, God transferred Israel from being a physical nation to being a spiritual nation. And that's replacement theology. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. I believe there's a clear distinction between the church and between the nation of Israel and ethnic Israel. Now God makes this clear distinction. The church is not Israel and Israel is not the church. They're two distinct peoples and two very distinct promises that go with them. Now the church was a mystery to Old Testament prophets and in Old Testament times. Uh, we looked at this this morning in Sunday school in closing, but go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Let's read a few verses uh, that uh, would uh, clarify this for us. In Ephesians chapter 3, um, let's start at verse number 1. Ephesians 3, verse number 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given uh, me to, to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in, a, in few words, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make known all to all men, or to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world have been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known, or might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. And basically I've heard it put this way that 
In the Old Testament, there was a mountain peak of prophecy. And from this mountain peak, they would look across and they would see the coming of Jesus Christ. And so they would look from this peak to the other peak. But there was a valley, and that's valley in which we now live. It's the church age in which we now live. It was a mystery to the Old Testament prophets. They did not see uh, this time. And this was revealed here, Paul says, by the apostles. And uh, this mystery of this church, the mystery of the day of grace. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 24. Colossians 1 and verse number 24. In Colossians 1 verse number 24, we read, So now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind you, the afflictions of Christ in my body for his body's sake, which is the church. Where if I am a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations but now is manifest to his saints. And what he's saying is that church age in which we live now was a mystery, was hid from the Old Testament prophets. The church is something new to the New Testament. It's very distinct from the nation of Israel as we look at the Bible. So the church was a mystery to Old Testament prophets and Old Testament times, and the church was founded by Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry. You go with me to Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 18. Matthew 16 and verse number 18. In Matthew 16, verse number 18, uh, here is this uh, statement um, uh, as Peter has um, uh, been questioned by the Lord and who, um, and who do you say that I am? And uh, uh, verse 15, Matthew 16, he saith unto him, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and that's a little rock, and upon this rock, this big rock, this testimony, thou art the Christ, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, the church was something new to the New Testament. Again, distinct from the nation of Israel. Uh, the New Testament church was entirely a different entity than that nation. Uh, the church is made up of both Jews and Gentiles. Again, go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And here the Bible is he's describing this mystery of the church. In verse number 11, according to the eternal purpose which he hath purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness, access with confidence by faith of him. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you. For this cause I bow my knees. In chapter 3 he says, of Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge, that he might be filled with the fullness of God, unto him that is able to do it exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, uh, according to his power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in, uh, by the church throughout all, uh, Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Now the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 that the Lord had abolished the enmity between Jew and Gentile. 
and he's placed in one body, both Jew and Gentile, within the local church. And so the church was a mystery in the Old Testament. It was distinct from the nation of Israel. It was founded by the Lord Jesus Christ, and it was made of both Jews and Gentiles, for the Lord tore down the middle wall of partition. Uh, the church is never referred to in the Bible, New Testament, as spiritual Israel. Israel and the church are two separate entities. So when we look here in Romans chapter 11, this promise of God cast away his people. Who are the people? We identify them as ethnic Israel in this passage of scripture. Now as we look at this promise, go back to Romans chapter 11. We identify God's people here. And we identify God's promises. Uh, Paul is referring to ethnic Israel. Had God cast away his people? He said, God forbid. Uh, God is not finished. He says in verse number 26, and his promise, so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. Uh, we know in Romans chapter 11, verse number 25, he said, I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Uh, today, uh, Israel lives in blindness and spiritual blindness. Uh, but the Bible speaks there's coming a day when all Israel shall be saved. Uh, now, today, a few Jewish people are being saved according to grace. Go back to 11 verse 4. For what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so, then at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And uh, this remnant added into local churches. I mentioned to you a, a book of Jewish witnesses of Jesus Christ. And uh, really a blessing just to study the uh, testimony of different uh, men that have been saved and gloriously called of God. Uh, there are men that uh, maybe Hyman Appelman, great uh, preacher of the past. He was Jewish in background, Jewish in heritage. There have been others that have come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, we had here in our church, this was years ago, Mark Oshman. Uh, he was from Jewish heritage, Jewish background, uh, serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We support several Jewish ministries uh, of those that have been saved, a part of this remnant uh, that the Lord speaks about. But someday God is going to save ethnic Israel. That's the promise of uh, Romans chapter 11, verse number 26. Now God has given some amazing promises to this nation. Look in chapter 11, verse number 27 of Romans. He said, for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Now, as we consider Israel right now, that may seem impossible. Uh, the nation itself is very secular, very liberal, uh, atheistic in many capacities, uh, very anti-God in a lot of details. Uh, even the religious of Israel are very religiously blind. Uh, when we visited in Israel, we had the opportunity on a, on a Friday, a Sabbath night, to go to a synagogue there. And it was very evident just the blindness that uh, was upon that nation and the blindness that was there upon, um, upon the religious of, of that society. And uh, we went to, it was kind of a, a, an orthodox a synagogue that uh, we attended there. And uh, just to observe the rituals, to observe uh, uh, really the prayers, it's evident there's not a personal relationship with God. It's a head knowledge 
but not according to the righteousness which is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there's a spiritual deadness uh, lost in uh, even Talmudic uh, traditions, uh, the traditions of the Old Testament law and still blind by these traditions. But God promises in verse 27, my covenant unto them, notice, when I shall take away their sins. Now let's go to the book of Ezekiel for just a moment. And uh, many promises that God gives to this nation in the book of Ezekiel. Go with me to chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. And we'll look at just a few of these promises. Ezekiel uh, 34, want to, want to begin here in, let's look at verse number 30. Ezekiel 34, verse number 30. Ezekiel 34, verse number 30, and uh, reads here, Thus shall they know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord. And ye my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men. I am your God, saith the Lord God. Uh, we move on to chapter 36 and verse number 21, uh, chapter 36 of Ezekiel. Uh, he says, But I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Therefore say ye, uh, or say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, uh, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen, and gather you out of all the countries, and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart, this is very important, I've underlined this in my Bible. A new heart also will I give to you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you should keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call for, uh, for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. Here's this future promise. I believe the same reference, and so all Israel shall be saved. We go into chapter 37. Chapter 37 is a, a wonderful chapter, the valley of dry bones. And this is a picture of the nation of Israel. Here Elijah the prophet is called in verse 1, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. Lo, they were very dry. And he's speaking of the spiritual deadness of Israel. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause the breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath into you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, it was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shake 
shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews, the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. And then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breath, breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came unto them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. I believe this, again, is a picture, a prophecy of the time when all of Israel shall be saved. Uh, the Bible says later in this chapter that they would dwell in the land that God had given unto them. They would know spiritual renewal and spiritual revival. We go to Ezekiel chapter 39. Ezekiel 39 and verse number 28. And this time, then shall they know that I am the Lord their God which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen, but I have gathered them into their own land, have left none of them any more there, neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. And again, as Romans put it, so all of Israel shall be saved. Go back with me. Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Uh, again, some very similar promises given uh, by the prophet Jeremiah of this future time when all Israel would be saved. Jeremiah 31 and verse number 33. Uh, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Again, all Israel shall be saved from the least of them to the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. And uh, then we go to chapter number 33 and verse 14. Jeremiah 33 and verse number 14. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel, to the house of Judah. In those days, at that time, will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Again, so all Israel shall be saved. We identified God's people. Uh, the promise of Romans chapter 11 speaks of ethnic Israel. We've identified God's promise, and so all Israel shall be saved. Uh, I want to close with this thought, identifying God's plan. When will this happen? Uh, very clearly, this is yet a future event. Go with me to Romans chapter 11, and again, look with me at verse number 25. When will this take place? In Romans chapter 11, verse number 25, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. And notice this statement, until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Uh, when the fullness of the Gentiles become in, then the fulfillment, and so all Israel shall be saved. I believe God's plan will be fulfilled when the Lord Jesus Christ returns to this earth. There's an interesting statement. Look in verse number 26 of Romans 11. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Where is that written? Go back with me. Keep your place in Romans 11. But go back with me to Isaiah 
chapter 59. Isaiah chapter 59. And in Isaiah chapter 59 and verse number 20, we have that promise that Paul spoke of when all Israel would be saved. In Isaiah 59 and verse number 20, it reads, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. Who is that Redeemer? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob saith the Lord. And so the Bible says all of Israel shall be saved. He says when uh, there shall come out of Zion a deliverer and shall turn ungodliness from Jacob. Israel's conversion I believe uh, biblically is going to happen dramatically suddenly when Christ returns from heaven. There are many scriptures that teach this. I want you to go again to some Old Testament prophecies. Go with me to the book of Zechariah. Let's go to Zechariah chapter number 12. Zechariah uh, chapter number 12. And a lot in chapters 12, 13, and 14 of Zechariah. Uh, we'll look at just a couple of verses in each of these chapters. In uh, Zechariah chapter 12, verse number 10, and it reads, And I will pour upon the house of David, and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplications. And notice this, they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Now I believe there's a beautiful picture of this in the man Joseph of the Old Testament. Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brethren. His own brethren spoke of slaying him. Uh, when Joseph was revealed to his brothers in the land of Egypt, uh, they began to weep. They began to mourn. It's a picture of what one day will happen when the nation of Israel looks upon him whom they have slain. They look upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Zechariah 13 and verse number 1. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. And we go to chapter 14 of Zechariah, verse number 4, and it speaks of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. And ye shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto us all. Yea, ye shall flee, like as ye fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah the king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. And this refers to the return of Jesus Christ, and he will literally stand upon the Mount of Olives, and the earth will cleave in twain. And I believe it's then as this nation recognizes the one whom they have pierced. Go with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. As it refers to the coming of Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 7. And this is kind of the theme of the book of Revelation. It reads, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. And go with me to Matthew chapter 23, and look at this prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 23, and uh, in verse number 37. Matthew 23, and verse number 
37. Matthew 23 and verse number 37. And it reads, O Jerusalem, we quoted this a moment ago. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets. When Jesus came upon the city of Jerusalem, he looked upon this city. And stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often I would have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and you would not. He said, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, You shall not see me henceforth till you say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. I believe he's speaking this to his nation and to his people, ethnic Israel. Is God finished with Israel? No. There's an everlasting covenant with that nation. And I've got news for you, friend. If God breaks the covenant with Israel, we could trust no other covenant that God makes. But the fact is here tonight that God will never break a covenant. God will always fulfill his word. God will keep his word. Now we know, and I just give you kind of the timetable that I believe is about to happen. I think the next major event will be the trumpet. I believe the dead in Christ will rise. And then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. This is Christ coming for his people. And this will be the resurrection of the saved. Uh, I believe at that point, according to Revelation chapter 6, we'll have an Antichrist rise to power. Uh, the world will enter into a time of tribulation. I believe that is the final seven years that God has given in the book of Daniel to the nation of Israel. Uh, God is still at work in that nation. And uh, at that time, there will be the revived Roman Empire. It's very clear that there will be a covenant with the Antichrist in this nation of Israel. Israel will be deceived. They will be led astray. They will think that this is the Messiah. Uh, however, in the midst of the tribulation, the Bible says that Antichrist will enter into the rebuilt temple uh, there in Jerusalem. And there Antichrist will be proclaimed as God. Uh, suddenly the eyes of this nation uh, will be alerted. They will be awakened to the fact this is a false prophet. Uh, they're going to recognize they will flee into the wilderness, into a place that God has prepared for them, and their God will preserve them. It's very clear that Antichrist in his fury and wrath will seek to murder and to kill the Jews in just a very violent way in that day. Not only the Jews, but all that refuse the mark of the beast and to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I believe that will take place in the midst of the tribulation. And here at the end of the tribulation is this time when they will look upon him whom they have pierced. Their eyes will be awakened just as the eyes of Joseph's brethren were alerted to the fact that the very one that God sent to rescue them was the very one that they betrayed, the very one that they sold into slavery. They will look upon him whom they have pierced. And the Bible speaks of this great miracle, this revival of this nation, this spiritual awakening when God will take that stony heart out of their heart. God will work a miracle of a new birth within their heart. And what the law could never do, uh, the Lord by his grace will accomplish in giving them a new heart, a new purpose. God's not finished with Israel. There's an everlasting covenant. In this scripture of Romans chapter 11, we identify his people, it's ethnic Israel. We identify his promise, so all of Israel will be saved. And we identify his plan, when will this take place? 
This takes place when they look upon him whom they have pierced. Uh, as we move forward, it gets really exciting the next few weeks just looking at some of the things that God has in store, some miracles that you are witnessing right now in your day as we're moving toward these very events that we speak of, of Israel and God's plan for this nation. Let's bow our heads.